0: Welcome to the PowerPress Podcast. My name is Mackenzie and I'm your host. On the PowerPress Podcast, we share information to empower your podcast. This week, we have Sean Thorpe on the show. He's here to cover our PowerPress tip about categories and channels and talk about some podcasting news with me. Sean, thanks for being on the show with us.
1: Thanks for having me, Mackenzie. I am so happy to be here today.
0: I think you are one of the last Blueberry members to be on the show since we started.
1: Well, I guess if you want to look at things from a chronological perspective, that's kind of accurate because I've been working with Blueberry and Rob Voice now for, uh, it's going on about 10 months. So I'm still, still pretty new around here. So it, it would make sense that everybody else would get a turn before me.
0: Right. I completely <laughs> understand. I mean, I got here in March, probably about a month after you, if that. Yeah,
1: yeah that's true. Yeah.
0: We're both, we're both newbies at this. But yeah, at least with Blueberry. Right. Um, so our first bit of news today is about uh, Podcast Movement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Podcast Movement tickets went on sale last week on Black Friday. Because yeah. Because I think everything went on sale last week. Right. <laughs> we got our tickets because the Blueberry, some Blueberry members, myself included, are going to be back at Podcast Movement next year. We got our Excellent. tickets on Monday and still got the Black Friday. Friday sale amount but currently tickets are $329 each and that's going on for the next 30 days their holiday pricing
1: now is that the same price they were for the Black Friday special
0: I think we I mean I ordered them on Monday and I believe that they were 309
1: each so ah, we got okay. another so there was a slight discount there but yeah they're going to be 329 for the for the next 30 days yes
0: for the next 30 days and then after that they're going up to four twenty-nine. They're going up a nice hundred dollars. So okay. if you are able to plan ahead enough, I would say get them while you can, because who doesn't want to save a hundred dollars?
1: Yeah, that is a that is a nice discount. If if I had the the resources available, I would definitely jump on that. So anybody who's thinking about going to podcast movement, you know, now's now's the time to to move on that if you can. And I haven't been to a podcast movement yet. I would really love to go this year because they've uh, moved it to Chicago, whereas the last two years it was in Texas. And mm-hmm. if anyone can tell from the way I say the word Chicago, I'm from that part of the, the world. Oh, so yeah. uh, it would be a, a double trip for me. I, I would uh, you know, go out to the convention and then probably hang back for a few days and try to visit some friends and family. So. Uh, I, I I would really like to go this year, so I think it's going to be a, a really good convention.
0: I completely understand. Uh, they mentioned that it was going to be in Chicago instead of Texas this year, and I mean, you put anything in Chicago, and I'm going to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is definitely nicer for for everybody over at the you know the headquarters there in Columbus because got to be an easier trip to chicago from there than it is to texas so it
0: is texas was definitely a flight this will probably be a drive and honestly i mean the so podcast movement is happening july 6th through 8th Mm -hmm. and might as well just go for july 4th and then stay for the convention
1: yeah you know it was funny there was a lot of people that were kind of questioning that move. And they went, well, you know, it's sort of happening on a holiday weekend. Is that really going to be a good idea? And, you know, I I don't really know why exactly the podcast movement, you know, people decided to schedule it at that time. I'm sure that they had some good reasoning for that. But even so, I think it's still going to be, you know, a well attended event. And there'll be a lot of people there, regardless of how close it falls to the holiday. Or, you know, you could do like uh, what Mackenzie said and, and turn it into a a business slash uh, pleasure trip. There's a lot to do in Chicago, so exactly uh, you you can definitely you know have a nice uh, vacation there as well if if you want to combine the two.
0: They they are predicting fifteen hundred podcasters to come that to come wow. to this convention this year. I believe last year was around twelve hundred, is what mm-hmm. I heard. Never got a definite answer on that,
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: and it was. It was a lot of podcasters. It was definitely an informational, educational, motivating convention. And this is, you know, the one that is specifically for podcasting. We have the many conventions all over the place. Sure. um, And they usually are, you know, a couple hundred people, sometimes even less. But this is the one that is specifically go for it. Spend your money.
1: This is what it's for. You're going to get the experts. It's been interesting to see the growth with podcast movement, it seems like in a in a very short period of time, it's almost become the kind of, you know, almost singular go-to podcasting event. So I definitely think it'll be worth, you know, anyone's uh, time to go there. And I'm going to, uh, you know, cross all my my fingers and toes and try to stash away <laughs> as much money as I can and Maybe if I'm real lucky, I'll get there too. So may- maybe I'll see you there.
0: Well, hey, you've got some time to plan for it. That's uh, true. And also, they have the hotel, uh, mm-hmm. the hotel rooms uh, set up, and you can use those promo codes or you know th- that rate. I would recommend getting that discount while you can, because it's probably gonna gonna fill up pretty quickly. Yeah. And that's another expense that pe- that keeps people from going. So.
1: Things mm-hmm. to look out for. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Well, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was my podcast chronicle, my my every episode chronicle of how I am doing with this podcast. Mm-hmm. And this week, it was all about organization. Okay. So I actually forgot that I had to include the podcast chronicle when I was like writing out this episode. I was just focused on... Uh, me and you. Okay. And focusing on, you know, getting the news. And then I was organizing all of the files and got back into this spreadsheet that we started uh, for the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. You have access to that.
1: I, I do. And and I'll admit I I've been lazy. I haven't looked at
0: it. Yeah. No, it's okay podcast. because all of us have, and the only reason I remembered about <laughs> this podcast chronicle was because I saw it in past episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was You know, perfect reasoning for me to kind of look at everything else that I have going on for this. Mm -hmm. And so the computer that I use for work every day is different than the computer that we record on for the podcast. Sure, yeah. And my computer is pretty organized. And then the computer for all of the raw files was a complete and utter mess. Oh, no. And... (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot of raw files, a files, audition okay. files. Yeah. I, I just, it needed to be cleaned up. And I finally did it. And it made my life a whole lot easier.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know, I have kind of a workflow for myself with my podcasts. I usually produce everything in a program called Reaper. Okay. And I don't really use a lot of post-processing things like Auphonic. I'm not against them. I just find that I can generally get everything I I need done inside the one application. Mm-hmm. But it's it can be a bit messy as far as all the project files go. And one thing that happened is that I recently had to switch computers. And I haven't been able to figure out why it, it does this now. But on my old computer... Reaper would put all the would was really great. It would put all the project files inside a, a project folder and it was real nice and neat. you know if i if I needed to drag in you know external files, whatever things from Dropbox, it would just copy them into that project folder and it was really sweet. And I noticed after I started using this other computer that it wasn't doing that anymore, and it really caused me some problems. Where you know I would load up a project and it would go oh hey we can't find these files where are they and I did some research online to try to understand why it's not pulling those files over anymore and and I, I haven't been able to find a solid solution yet so I've been manually dragging everything into those project folders to make sure that when I save and I'm done if I need to come back to it later they're all in one place and certainly certainly that's helped a lot and I try to with things like um, you know my my file exports and stuff like sometimes I'll do an uncompressed export into iTunes and turn that into an MP3. Mm -hmm. And I've pretty much stopped using iTunes as far as like handling my music and stuff, because I was always having, it's just, you know, I iTunes, I kind of have a love hate relationship with it. I think a lot of people do. As do I. (laughs) And it's like, I, I wish that it would do, I wish that they would break some things out of it. And I wish that it would do some things differently. And, and I've, I've gotten to the point now where I think I've got it pretty manageable. But of course, you know, if you are using it to manage a music library, then it'll do things like it'll copy a file in. If you just want to encode it for MP3 and pull it out. Yep. And there's all these extra steps involved. So I try to stay on top of that as I go along to try to make sure, okay, this is this is an extra file I don't really need. And uh, make sure I delete it right away. And the other thing is I, I keep in, um, I use a Mac and, By default the mac has a a documents folder in your home directory and i try to keep um, what i call these little archives for all of my different you know podcast projects so um like for one of my shows you know i just have a a folder you know inside a, a folder of documents for the name of the show and then it's called archive and when i'm done you know i pull the final mp3 into there Mm-hmm. and and just let that kind of build up and store those files so I always have access to them. And I try to make sure that I clean up my, you know, trail of files as I go along just, yeah. to, just to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm not uh, leaving a bunch of junk all over the place. And then I, I still have, you know, the original uh, project files, hopefully all in one place. So if I ever need to go back to those, I, I can still access them. But it's funny how when you first start doing this, you see how many different files there are because it's totally different from a lot of other projects. You know, if you're working with like, you know, a text document, it's just a text document that that's all there is, you know, you right. you can go back and make it the next day.
0: You can make those changes and hope that you remember what it was.
1: Right. And, and, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, you don't have all these attendant parts kind of hanging out and depending on the audio software you use, you know, you, you need to keep that stuff around because if you want to go back to that project in the future and you don't know raw that the parts are, you could run into a problem. So,
0: right. That was actually what you brought up was, you know, hoping that you have the original raw file yeah. was mm-hmm. what pro- kind of what prompted me to organize everything Yeah, last week. I, I knew I, I knew I had to do it, especially after like filling up whatever section of the desktop I had. But then I saved I saved the file that I was editing for, you know, the last episode. And then I realized, oh crap, that was the absolute original file that I wanted Uh to keep. I wanted to have like two copies of that. And I was like, all right, I need to, I need to fix this process. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely need to fix the process. And you said that you switched computers. Was that um, when you like switched the rooms and everything in your house and did like the whole new setup?
1: Well, uh, it actually happened right before that, and unfortunately, it wasn't really on purpose. Um, My iMac that I'd been using for roughly the last four years, it kind of took a dive on me, and I fortunately had a a spare Mac Mini that was just kind of sitting on a shelf, and I switched over to that until I can get the resources together to get a new Mac, and that was kind of what what prompted the whole the whole move, uh, the the room move where we we moved our you know our, our home office slash studio uh, that was just completely coincidental. But um, and and that and that is another thing to consider when you're talking about you know your files and stuff. I try to keep all of my audio production stuff on an external drive. Yeah, and because I use a Mac, that all gets backed up through Time Machine onto I have a, a time capsule, which is sort of like a network-attached storage thing. And so, it, it uh, and, you know, it. I have the originals, and then they all get backed up on there, so I still have a backup if I need it. But I decided a few years ago to just try to do all that on an external drive so that I'm not, you know, uh, clogging up my, my main internal drive with that stuff, but also it makes it so much easier if I do need to switch computers. You know, I just, um, you know,
0: it's not like you're forgetting the, things the, the on your computer and, and
1: everything's there. And, and I don't have to worry about, you know, copying stuff over and all that kind of stuff. It just makes it a lot easier because when you're doing sort of, you know, primary production work, I guess, where you're actually recording the files local, you know, those those files can be very large, especially if you're doing, you know, longer projects because, mm-hmm. you know, uncompressed audio just creates very big files. So it's just a lot easier and it made that kind of transition a lot easier too. Where I and just faster, add, add, yeah, it just makes it a lot faster. You know, I have all those really large files in one place, and it's just all ready to go. I didn't have, you know, it was, it was a pretty seamless transition in regards to that. So that was good.
0: Good. I was wondering because I was talking to Todd a couple of days ago and asking him and talking to him about uh, how our Thanksgiving holidays were, and he said one of the things that he did with the free time was completely clean his studio oh yeah so i imagine after you know 10 years i don't know if he's been in that same room for 10 years but he's got a lot going on there that he could clean up
1: yeah todd todd has a studio to to rival you know not only most podcasters but a, i i've been in radio studios exactly. that don't match up to what todd's uh setup is so i can only imagine you know that that kind of task and one of the reasons that we actually did the 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 move around here was to make that kind of maintenance easier because we had everything in a smaller room and you know it the, the dust you know cuz you got all this electronic equipment and the dust you know that just sort of sticks to it after a while it seems a lot faster and and it was just kind of just stuff everywhere and and every time we'd go to clean we had to pull these things out and do all this other stuff and it was just Kind of a pain, and, and we actually, uh, my, my wife and I, we uh, we cleaned all this stuff here a few days ago, just you know, dusted everything, and and it seemed like it went by so much quicker, which was really nice. And we didn't really, you know, we didn't downgrade our equipment, we still have all the same equipment. It's just
0: it's cleaned knicker, it up a little bit,
1: it's it's more you know, it's just more streamlined now. We just have a much better layout for our stuff, and we did get rid of just some stuff that was in the room that we didn't really need which helped but um you know the the more what i've found in all my years of of doing this is you know the easier that you can make everything you have to do you know the less that you can uh deal with as far as all that kind of maintenance and extra work and all that then the the easier the process becomes the more enjoyable the process becomes And I certainly have not perfected any of it, but I feel like I've got a better handle on it than I got a flow for it ago. So yeah. It's something that evolves over time. You know, it's like any anything that you continue to do. You'll find different ways and, and better ways to do it. And of course everyone's situation is different and there's there's no one, you know, one fits one size fits all solution for everyone. So
0: I mean, I was looking at the next the next few episodes out for this show
1: mm-hmm. and
0: realized, you know what? One of the next few episodes is on January 1st. time to mm. get all of this, get a flow for it, get a schedule for it, yeah. a normal schedule for it. So yeah. finally starting to figure things out slowly but surely. You got to try a few things, got to mess a few things up. Certainly did that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. That's just part of the process. That's how you learn. You kind of. You kind of have to 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 throw things out there, and sometimes you have to you know blow things up. And and I mean, I'm I'm still learning, and you know, we'll talk about this a little bit down the road. But I did this uh, this 30 uh, day podcast thing in November, mm-hmm. and I still you know I've been podcasting for almost uh, 11 years, and I still made some what I would consider to be you know kind of you know newbie mistakes with a few of my shows. So. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a constantly evolving process. You keep uh, learning as you go. So,
0: okay. Well, speaking of your podcast, you said that um, about a month or so ago that you started using a feature on PowerPress, uh, the categories and channels. So, can you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, um, PowerPress does have this really cool uh, function that uh, it's had for a while now. And uh, there are two sides of the same coin, you might say. There are uh, categories, and then there are podcast channels. And these are features you can use if you want to add more than one podcast to a WordPress site, obviously, running PowerPress. Yeah. So the the ways you want to use them vary depending on your own needs. There's really no wrong way to use either one of these features. So what you need to do is kind of assess what you want your different podcasts and maybe your overall website to do. Categories was introduced, if I'm remembering my history correct, as kind of a solution for A PodPress feature. Now, PodPress was the kind of preeminent uh, podcasting plugin for WordPress for for many years, you know, really before PowerPress came on the scene. And a lot of people, myself included, migrated over to PowerPress from from, uh, PodPress. And PodPress had a category-based podcasting feature where you could create different categories in your WordPress site and turn those into podcasting feeds thus enabling you to run different, you know, podcast shows through one WordPress installation. Right. And a lot of people will do this if they want to, you know, run a network of shows through one site or you know if they have, you know, different shows that are kind of of the same theme they'll want to just run it through one site, which I think is actually a really great idea. Right,
0: and it's great for your brand as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's really great for branding and it's really great for SEO because you're putting all this, you know, kind of like-minded content into one place. Exactly. But then some people who want to run, you know, a network of different shows that maybe aren't necessarily all the same, but they want them all to live, you know, in that one, in under that place. one domain. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, for branding purposes, that's really a great thing to do. You know, uh, you can use either categories or channels, but sticking with categories for now. You know, again, that kind of grew out of that feature that was in PodPress, and and uh, you know, uh, Blueberry wanted to add that into PowerPress so people could more easily migrate that over. And if you want to run a network of shows on one site and you would also like to have sort of a, a mega feed, you know, a combined feed that has all of the shows to offer your listeners. So if you, you know, if you have a a network where all the shows are like-minded around one topic and you think your listeners would benefit from just having a singular feed where they would get all of your shows, that is easily done or I should say more easily done with categories because what happens is when you publish with PowerPress categories your default PowerPress feed is still active so what happens is every time a podcast gets posted to your site it goes into the default PowerPress feed and then it also goes into whatever you know category you assign to it so let's say you're doing a show or, or a, uh, a network that's, you know, based on, uh, like, these, uh, you know, uh, superhero comics or franchises, and you've got one that's, you know, specifically about, say, Iron Man, and another one that's specifically about, you know, Captain America. Right. And you want to have one podcast about Iron Man, one podcast about Captain America— so you set up a, a category in your WordPress site, one for the Iron Man show, one for the Captain America show. And then when you go to publish those individual shows, you just make sure that you select the WordPress category that you've created for that particular show. And obviously, you have to go into the PowerPress settings and go in. You know—you have to enable distinguish category, those. podcasting, set up the all the specific details for each one of those. And then when you go to publish, it'll automatically You know, put those when you select the categories for those individual shows. It'll put those shows into those categories. But because of the way PowerPress is designed, it'll also put those episodes, all of the episodes, regardless of which category you choose, into the default PowerPress feed. So you've got that extra feed that's going to have all your shows in it. If you want to offer that up, it's not mandatory, but some people do. Right. And it's a it's a pretty cool feature that. You could kind of achieve with channels, but I think categories handles it a little bit better. So that's that's the thing about about channels, or rather categories, and you know that's an advantage of categories. Like anything, it has its its upsides and its downsides. And one of the things that doesn't really work right now with with PowerPress categories, and I, I'm pretty sure Angelo is working on this, but If you need to put your content in multiple categories on your WordPress site, then you would not want to use categories because PowerPress doesn't understand, you know, if you assign a post to multiple categories, where it's supposed to send the, the podcast information. So you have to keep that in mind. And really what I like to advise people on when they have this question of, should I use categories? Should I use channels? I say instead of thinking about it from the perspective of how you're going to organize your podcasts think about it first from the perspective of how are you going to organize your site because some people want to kind of start with a topic like a main topic and work their way down where getting back to this idea of having you know this mixed network where you're talking about these different superhero franchises so let's say you want to cover Again, we'll just separately say Iron Man and Captain America and you want to have a section on your site that's devoted to, you know, it could be mixed media where you're doing blog posts and podcasts on the same topic. and you want all those to live under one category. Then what I would recommend is is instead of making categories specifically for your podcasts, make a top level category that's just called Iron Man. And then have, you know, sub-level categories under that for blogs and podcasts. And then, depending on how you want to do things, you would probably be better off using channels because it'll just be easier to kind of organize things. And then if you need to, you can put those podcasts into multiple categories. So I guess it's a good, good way for me now to segue into channels unless you had anything you wanted to specifically mention, Mackenzie.
0: No, that was exactly what I needed to know.
1: Yeah. So always think first when you're creating a, a, a site like that where you're going to have multiple types of content that you want to break out. Think about how you want to organize the site first. Because if you're doing a, a site that's only going to have podcasts on, then you know, categories could be a better way for you to go. But some people want to do the thing where, you know, they're they're doing both blog posts and you know, maybe they're adding occasional videos or photo posts or whatever it is. So if you if you think about it first from how do I want to organize my content then it becomes easier to decide if you want to use categories or channels so
0: and what would work best for you yeah
1: Exactly so then uh thinking about channels and and really this was devised first and foremost as a way to allow publishers who are using WordPress and PowerPress to put up different media feeds so Going back to kind of the early days uh, with with PowerPress, at least, and it, this isn't as common as it used to be, but it used to be there were a lot of people that would create different formats of media of the same show and try to distribute it on the same site. So someone might be creating an MP3 version and you know an M4A version, and maybe they're doing a video version as well.
0: A great way to
1: actually see channels in this context is to go to Todd Cochran's Geek News Central site where you can see, you know, he's got audio feeds and video feeds that you can subscribe individually as podcast feeds for those different media formats. And that's kind of what channels was originally intended to do. It was, okay, well, you know, I want to release, you know, an MP3 version and maybe a video version And we don't really see this anymore, but for a while, from maybe 2005 ish into maybe 2008 ish, depending, there were a lot of people that were doing uh, enhanced M4A versions of their shows. That's kind of died away. Nobody really does it anymore. And it was kind of a challenge to have those two separate feeds. So, channels allows you to do that kind of stuff where you can have, you can add different types of media to a singular post in your WordPress site. So if you are doing that, you know, you've got audio and video, say, as as an easy example, and you want all of that to live in the same post on your WordPress site. In other words, you don't want to go in and do a post, a separate post for your audio, a separate post for your video. You just create the singular WordPress post for that episode, and then You enable podcast channels. You go in and and do all the setup on on the different channels, and then they show up. Each channel shows up as a podcast episode box in your WordPress posts, so you've got one for your audio, one for your video, and you you can name these accordingly so there's a little less confusion as to which one is which. And you can also do things like uh, you can add a special background color to each one so that it's just a little easier as you're going down and you're looking at the different channels you know you can kind of remember okay the blue one is for my video you know the the standard background one is for my audio or however you want to set it up and i'm not sure what the limit is to how many channels you can add if there is a limit but i know there's a lot you can add a lot so you know you're not limited to only two or three you can add a lot of different channels to one post now this also comes in handy if you want to run different feeds through the same WordPress site, and again, going back to that network of shows concept because instead of, say, using categories, you can add individual channels into your, uh, your, your PowerPress for each of your different podcasts. So while I gave the example of doing the mixed media thing, it's not limited to that. And in fact, I just did this for the first time where I added I wanted to add a second podcast feed to a site that already had an established podcast feed so I just used channels and I made a second channel for that show so when I want to post into my main feed I just put the episodes for you know that that show into the main feed and now I have the secondary feed available if I want to use it then I just post into that channel and it's the same process I just go in make a new post in WordPress you know, put in all my meta information, my show notes, whatever. And then if I want to use that secondary channel, I just scroll down a little farther in the WordPress composition page. And then I've got that secondary channel there. And then it's all the same process. It's just the same as, you know, you you uh, put in the media URL into PowerPress, you verify the URL, and then, you know, do a preview to make sure everything looks right. And it's all set to go. And I tend to default to advising people if they're going to run multiple shows through a WordPress site to consider channels first because it just is in my opinion it's a little easier to use it's a little more logical to maintain and the other thing is if you want to change anything later in the layout of your site and this is where things can get tricky with categories because if you assign a podcast feed to a category. And then you go, you know what, I'd really like to change the layout of my site. I want to, I want to change these categories, move these things around. Well, then you've got to change the way that your category feeds are set up and you'll probably have to do a 301 redirect, not a huge deal, but you know, it can be some extra work if, if you don't necessarily want to do it. That gets complicated
0: for people that haven't been doing this for very long.
1: Exactly. Whereas your podcast channels, when you make a new channel, it creates a new PowerPress feed specifically for that channel that's completely independent right. of all that other stuff in WordPress. So it doesn't rely on a category, it doesn't rely on anything else. And if you, you know, you, you can assign your podcasts to all of the, the categories in WordPress that you want. Or again, if you want to change that information, the category names would have you. Nothing's going to break if you stay with channels. So again, I get back to think. About how you want to organize your site first, and that will help you understand if you should use channels or categories and if anyone ever has a question on this stuff, you know we're always uh, here and and in fact I, I just gave some advice to someone on this on uh, one of the online forums, but you can always go to the blueberry forum and post there or you know you can contact us through our usual methods and you know, we'll, we'll be happy to advise you if, if you need help with that kind of stuff. So,
0: Right. That's the reason why I wanted you to uh, you know to come on the show was because I saw that you were posting about this or answering someone's question on Google Plus and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then even again this morning in an email that someone contact- contacted us for. And basically the entire conversations, it was a little 50-50 of I understand what they're talking about, but... I'm not entirely sure, and I'm sure that there are many other podcasters out there that could use this information as well.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not, what we're talking about here is definitely not what I would call a 101, you know, a podcasting 101 topic. And I think as in general, it's not a good idea if you're just starting out podcasting to go, oh, I'm going to run a network, you know, Get- don't
0: start 5 shows at the same time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, get one show under your belt.
0: Yeah, don't do that. And
1: and you know, produce that for at least a few months and you know, feel like you have a really good understanding of the process, the workflow, and then go ahead and add a second show. And then is the point where if you're using the the Blueberry publishing tools, the, the PowerPress with all the the functions you know, then is the time to go, okay, should I use category? Should I use channels? How am I, you know, what do I want to achieve here? So.
0: I mean, um, honestly, most shows are not a hundred percent right out of the gate. So you want to focus on right. the one show and get it, get it solidified before you add another, add another challenge to yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, on the one hand, I love when people are super Gung ho, and they're really passionate at the onset, and they're like, "I'm going to make this amazing, you know, network site with all these different, you know, fixtures." And, and And I love when I see that kind of stuff, but just realize that you know it's a lot to take on at at the onset, and you know, categories and and channels they they kind of overlap in some places in terms not, not in terms of their functionality so much, but it just in terms of you know what they do. But then they again they have their 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 upsides and their downsides, so. Again, just start with how do I want my content to work on my website and then that will generally answer the question of which one of those you want to use.
0: Right. The better idea that you have and the flow that you want for your website. Yeah. The easier it's going to be to figure that out. Exactly. That's for sure. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to say cuz that was a lot of information to take in.
1: Yeah, it was it was a lot of information. Not really. Um, You know, as I said, I tend to advise channels first unless categories are, you know, there's a specific need where categories fits better. So if you're unsure, if you want to get into this and you're unsure, I would say try channels out first. You know, the one downside of channels is it does put all of those podcast episode, you know, channel boxes into your WordPress So now I've, I've made this mistake myself, you know, people can get confused and accidentally put their podcast episode in the wrong box and wind up, you know, publishing it to the wrong feed. I mean, that's not hard to fix, but it's a mistake that you want to try and uh, and avoid if you can. And that's just something that you kind of will overcome with repetition. The other thing is if you've got multiple people posting to the same, to the same site, you know, channels may be. Good or bad because they may make the same mistake, but it actually might be easier for them because if you've got, you know, you're one person that's producing the Iron Man show, one person producing the Captain America show, and you've got channels in there that are specifically labeled for that show, then it'll probably actually make it easier for them when they log in and publish their shows to make sure that they're going into the right channel. And then, you know, even if they, even if you're using categories for organizational purposes, and you forget to select the categories, but still publish the show. The show will go out as normal. You can always go back in later and put in the categories. Whereas, if you're using categories and somebody goes in, they publish their episode. They think they've done everything right, and they forget to mark the category for you know that particular show. Well, that episode is not going to go out until you go back and fix that. So, again, I, I still feel like you get a little more flexibility with channels, and uh, you know. Start there, and then if you find you have a specific use case for categories, you know you can always
0: you can adjust. You can
1: switch if, if you need to, but that that's you no know, that, that's really all I have to say about it for now. So
0: so can you can't use both, can you?
1: <laughs> you know that's a good question that I don't really have an answer to because I've never tried it and I haven't had anyone ask. It seems like the two could work together because they do things differently but i don't want to say for sure that's definitely a question that um we should check with angelo before we say one way or another
0: give a definite <laughs> answer yeah yeah for someone that likes to keep things simple using yeah. both seems like it would be a headache a little bit and yeah. possibly make me a little nervous about the feed in general and messing that up
1: yeah and there's really no reason in my opinion to to use both they the ultimate goal of both is to allow you to do multiple podcast feeds through one wordpress site and at the base level they each do that more or less equally as well so from that perspective i would say just pick one and and try to stick with that
0: great that is what people need to know all right uh so you mentioned this very briefly when we were first talking about this, but you participated in the national podcast post month, which seems insane to me. And like, I would go crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's explain this a little bit. Uh, National podcast post month. This actually goes back to 2007 and it was started by a podcaster named Jennifer Navarrete. And she started it in response to national novel writing month. And, all of the different month-long things that kind of spawned off of that, and mm-hmm. for anyone that doesn't know, National Novel Writing Month, or NanoRIMO as it's called.
0: I was wondering if you could pronounce that because this one has <laughs> has a name like that too, and it's like yeah, NanoPod well, something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll 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 try that. But uh, NanoRIMO is this challenge to authors to produce a fifty thousand word novel. In the month of November. So you've got 30 days to write one novel. And the idea there is not so much you're going to write, you know, the next great best selling novel. You are probably a new writer. You've been thinking about writing a book. You and, just need some
0: motivation. You need yeah, a deadline.
1: And, yeah. And kind of their I they're thinking is most people when they write their first book, it's probably not very good anyway. So just take the month of November. And, and, you know, bang out that first 50,000 word novel yep. and you'll have it done and you'll feel like, Hey, I actually wrote my book and you may never do anything with it again, but you well, did it. yeah. And, uh, Jennifer had that, you know, she, she kind of looked at all this stuff that had spawned off of NaNoWriMo because there's a, a, a blog posting challenge and all this other kind of stuff. And she went, well, why don't we have anything like this for podcasters? So she came up with this national podcast post month. Or if you have the if you have the you know vocal dexterity, you can call it napod pomo. I don't seem to have a problem with this, but a lot of people do.
0: Napod pomo.
1: Napod pomo.
0: It's like a foreign word.
1: <laughs> it is. It's it's a little it's it's a bit of a strange combination of you know of sounds for sure. So uh I, and I actually You know, I I started it that that first year in 2007, and the challenge is to produce 30 podcasts in 30 days. And there really aren't a lot of hard and fast rules about this. And the other thing is, for better or worse, there's no one who's, you know, keeping score. So if you decide you want to jump into it next year, you know, you're you're not going, no one's going to, you know, send you uh, a big letter X in the mail you know, to, to kind of, you know, hang on your window or whatever, if you didn't make it, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not the kind of a thing. It's just kind of a, I think most people use it as a personal challenge of themselves to either in some cases actually start podcasting, which over the years, a lot of people have done that, which kind of lends itself to the NaNoWriMo model of, okay, I'm I'm new at this, I've never done it before, and I'm just going to try it just to try to learn all the mechanics of you know, producing the content, uploading the content, publishing it, managing an RSS feed, all that kind of stuff. And then some people will use it as a way to maybe experiment with a new show idea where they'll go, well, I have this idea for a show I want to do, and I don't really know if I really like the idea, but I'll test it out for 30 days and see how I feel about it. And then some people will just do it as a personal challenge. They'll do it for fun. You know, they'll try different things. In uh, the first year, 2007, my wife, actually, she and I had been podcasting together more or less for two years at that point. And I'd really been handling most of the technical stuff. And she said, you know what? I kind of want to learn all this stuff that I, I don't really do as far as, you know, producing the audio, publishing the content and all that. So, you know, I set her up with a little WordPress site, um, uh, obviously uh, running PowerPress and, she, you know, she went through all of the the steps and she just learned, you know, she started by just recording, you know, short shows and, and editing them in GarageBand on her Mac and uploading the files. And it was interesting for me because at that point I had felt pretty good, pretty confident in my own skills. I felt like I understood, you know, every way you can really publish, you know, all the steps you needed to follow. Right. And, and probably it, had you know, an
0: idea of what, you know, what tools to use and everything. Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I had it, I felt I had it down pretty good. So it was interesting for me to see it through a new person's eyes and, you know, like she thought, and, and, you know, this is, this is all very 2007 ish because so many of these tools have changed, but right. you know, she thought like, okay, you know, she would record something in GarageBand, And then back then the way that you would create your MP3 file is you would have to export it directly into the iTunes application.
0: Yep. I so, remember that.
1: Yeah. So she thought, okay, I, uh, I've exported my file into iTunes. That means it's in iTunes, right? I'm done now. And she was thinking like the iTunes Store. Nope. <laughs> you know, she Not thought, okay, simple. I'm done now. I don't need to do anything. And I said, oh no, you're you're still at the very beginning of the process. Oh, yeah. So it was uh, interesting for me to to kind of see that from her perspective. But uh, getting back to to Napod Pomo itself, you know, it's very much a personal challenge. A lot of people see it that way. And a little bit of a community has grown up around it. I'm kind of sad to say that the first couple years, it was so much fun because it really felt like a community effort. And you know, people were going to we had this kind of main website we were using, and people were going there every day and posting their episodes. And you know, it was kind of like you know we would kind of checked in every day to kind of see our progress. And then it was really cool at the end to kind of see you know, who had made it to the end and, and, you know, people would drop off and have different reasons and all that. And we would just kind of go, Hey, you know, you tried it. It was cool. And, you know, better luck next year if you decide to try it again. Yeah. And we still have a little bit of that now, but it was a lot more focused the first few years. And I think it's, I think that, that, that kind of centralized community thing has kind of dropped off a bit just because so many things are splintered now because of social media. And back in 2007, you know, we didn't have,
0: there was, websites. You know,
1: it wasn't it just wasn't the same as it is now. And I mean, now you know, you Twitter was ch- around, Facebook was around, but you have to check everything using it like like they are now. So uh that that really has kind of splintered things a lot. But um and, and I I took a break. I haven't done it every year since two thousand seven. And you know, I saw some people talking about it on online and I thought, oh maybe I'll do it again this year. And and I thought, okay, I'll I'll try it. And my philosophy on the pod is if you participate in an episode you can count that as your episode for a day and while i guess the ideal way if if there if there is one would be to produce an individual episode every day of the month so you start off that day having no show for that day you produce it that day you publish it that day and then the next day you keep going forward but i know some people will you know they'll produce multiple shows on a day again your your goal is Thirty podcasts in thirty days. It doesn't mean that you need to do one every day. You can, you know, do some ahead of time and maybe bank it a little bit or or whatever. Right, the case it certainly would be. seems or, more
0: challenging if you do a, each yeah, one each yeah, day. But sure. we have lives.
1: You know, in my case, I also feel like that participation counts, even if you just do a guest spot on someone else's show, or if you do what I would call secondary production. So in my case, I have my own shows that I produce myself where I do essentially everything, but then I have some other shows I do only the audio editing for. So in other words, there's there's hosts that they they record the show, they send me the files. You know, I do that. That's one of the things I do on kind of a freelance basis. I do audio editing work for other people. And when it got to the end of the month, I had kind of slacked off towards the end and I wasn't really over that last week. I wasn't really producing Shows so much on a daily basis anymore, and I did a, a final tabulation where I went, okay, did I really succeed? You know, using my own criteria that I've set forth, or did I really succeed? And what I discovered was across the two podcasts that I do what I would call primary production on, and then the two podcasts that I'm doing some secondary production work on, I actually came out at a total of 34 podcasts in the total month of November. So I kind of feel like, okay, I did it. I I, I can say. You know I successfully achieved thirty podcasts and right, you've exceeded thirty and, and and I think that it's worth keeping that in mind that criteria that that I have because it allows you a little more flexibility depending on what you're already doing with podcasting or you know maybe you feel like producing thirty shows of your own is really daunting, so then you go, okay, well, what I'll do is maybe i'll try i'll I'll try real hard to be a guest on you know ten shows because. I feel like if you're a guest on someone else's show, that's, you're putting in a, a time commitment. Right. You know? Usually most podcasts are you know, 30 to 60 minutes long, maybe longer. You know, you can't, I feel like it's unfair it's to say- It's not like you're not
0: participating. You're there. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're putting in your, your time, your, your, your focus, your mental energy, whatever it is, into that time. I think it's very fair to say that you were you know, an important part of that podcast and you can claim- I agree that you you know you were on that. So maybe you go, okay, I'll I'll produce 20 shows, but I'll try to be a guest on 10 other shows, or whatever the case is. You can try to mix that up. So this is one of the nice things about Napod Pomo where nobody's keeping score. You can really do it for yourself and kind of define your own rules of how you want to do it. And you know, you can get as involved in the community side, if you will, as you want. This year there was actually a Facebook event that uh, Jennifer had made oh, that's cool. for, you know, and, and people would, would check in there occasionally and go, Hey, I'm on day, whatever. This is my podcast. I'm still going strong. And sometimes people would check in. Sometimes they wouldn't, nothing was, you know, mandatory. I guess NanoRimo has a system where if you actually produce your 50,000 word novel, there's somewhere on the web, you can upload it and the, their system will, will verify the word count. and you know, it'll give you a something in return, a badge or something that you can say, hey, I did it, I I typed my novel. But if you think about it, I mean, you could that could be 50,000 words of nothing. Right. <laughs> uh, you could it doesn't just, have to actually be good. <laughs> well, not even that. It wouldn't even have to make sense. I yeah. mean, you could probably, you know, find a script online that'll just make you gibberish words for, you know, 50,000 word count or whatever.
0: Right. And, and have imagine? that
1: file submitted because no human is looking at it to kind of go, oh, hey, this isn't just, you know, uh, whatever it is, lorem, ipsum, whatever, for, you know, unending pages. So, mm-hmm. uh, while that does exist and it's kind of nice for its validation purposes, it doesn't automatically mean anything. Um, but we don't have anything like that with, with Nipad Pomo. And, um, you know, it's just something you can do for again, for yourself and, 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 you know, for fun, for challenging yourself. And, and I know some people, you know, have used it to try new shows and things in in different formats or what have you. In my case, you know, it was really for fun. I do a podcast with my wife called Hyper Nonsense. And and as you can probably guess by the name, it it doesn't really follow any particular theme or or topic. And what I had hoped to do was create this secondary feed where we would just kind of throw things out every day and maybe would get some of our our fans and friends of the show involved. And we got a few people to, to help us out in that way. And you know, it was just very, I don't want to say experimental, but we were doing things like recording, you know, in the car and stuff like that, just stuff we wouldn't normally do on the regular podcast. Right. And it's, that's actually,
0: you're not afraid to try things out that way.
1: Right. Exactly. And so that's a, that's a secondary feed that I created using PowerPress channels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, those episodes went out on the main website and people can go and listen to them if they want, but they weren't going out on that main feed that you know, kind of has the majority of our subscribers. And then if people wanted to, they could go to the site and subscribe to that secondary feed and get those shows as well. And then you know, as Nipod Pomo is over, while I don't know if we'll use that feed anymore, it can just sit there into infinity and it's not hurting anything. And people can go back and subscribe to it anytime they want and listen to those shows if they want. And yet the, the main podcast feed just continues to roll on as normal. And all that stuff is living, you know, in the same site. So that's getting back to our previous discussion. That is an example of, you know, something you can do with channel.
0: If you, you know, if you are interested in doing this for next year, you definitely have time to prepare for it and, you know, think about what you would like to do. So I think that's really cool. I I hope it'll start to pick up again.
1: Yeah, if you go to napodpomo, that's N-A-P-O-D-P-O-M-O dot org, that's kind of the official site, and it has all the information there, and, um, you know, you can kind of see what it's all about, and, you know, I'm sure it'll be very dead for the next uh, 10, 11 months, but it'll pick up again. Next November, there's also one of these that happens in the summer. It's organized by someone else, and I've never done it. I don't know a lot about it, but it's called Audio Mo for Audio Month, and it's a similar thing where you know you want to produce. I think it's 30 podcasts in the month of November or not November, uh, June. So that one obviously will be coming up again before in a Pod Pomo. So if you wanna, if it's something that you'd be interested in, you can look that one up too.
0: Yeah. You got you got some choices, and you can do that one right before uh, right before podcast movement as well. Exactly. Okay. Well, thanks, Sean, for being on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to talk to you today, and and uh, you know, I love uh, I love all this stuff. I love podcasting, and you know, I, I've obviously I work for for Blueberry and Raw Voice now, but I was a a uh, a faithful user of PowerPress for many years before, and I do want to say this uh, real quick. You know. Being a longtime podcaster, I was one of those people that used PodPress before PowerPress, and PodPress was a fine tool in its day. But the original developer pretty much just gave up on it. It was something he was doing on the side, and he said, "You know what? I don't have time for this anymore." And once he quit, you know, developing it, it kind of worked for a while. And then, you know, finally, uh, Blueberry came in with PowerPress and I was so excited because I went, finally, we're going to get a company that understands podcasting, developing the plugin that we need for our podcasts. And as soon as, you know, PowerPress came out, I, I immediately got got it and migrated over from, from PodPress. And, you know, it's been smooth sailing for me ever since. So I just want to say, you know, I... If if I ever come off online anywhere as a as a real cheerleader for for PowerPress, you know I, I loved it for for years before I used it, and I'm I'm really glad that I get to now help other people use it and and the other Blueberry tools. Exactly. So, I mean, thanks for having me on today.
0: Yeah, we loved it, um, and I'm sure there's going to be many people out there that are going to think that this information is useful. So awesome! Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.